We look at potential June 1 cuts across the NFL. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome into the Thursday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you here once again on the show. Hope everybody is having a great start to their Thursday. What a busy day here we've got for you on TDN Daily as we are recording this show live. We've got some schedule release information that is starting to come out ahead of the full schedule release at 8 p.m. Eastern time tonight. A little bit of a heads up, we're doing a live stream tonight. Myself, Jamie Eyes are going to go live on the TDN YouTube channel to react to the rest of the schedule reveal because we're getting some stuff here throughout the day. So we've got that to look forward to a little bit later. We'll talk about some of that um, schedule stuff here as as the chat dictates us weaving it into the conversation. But the main topic of conversation is something that we... Uh, said that we were going to do about a week ago. It was uh, a week or so ago here, right here on YouTube, on this show, in which I said, oh, sure, I'll look at all 32 teams and we'll discuss potential June 1st cut candidates for all 32 teams. We will go through and you know, look over these rosters, look over the people that came in, look at the draft classes, see if there's room for these teams to maybe move people around. And I'll tell you, Learned a lot through doing this work over the last couple of days. Uh, And I've got the the book right here in front of me. I've got the book of names that I wrote down. And I will tell you, I've only got answers for half the league. I've got answers for 16 teams. And I'll tell you, I cheated a little bit because two teams have already used two post-June 1 cut designations. So we only had to pick names for 14 teams. Uh, This was a challenge, a fun challenge to look at these rosters. I'll tell you, a lot of teams don't have up to 90 players right now on their roster. Uh, Some teams have just a ton of roster space. And so finding cut candidates in the midst of their draft classes was a bit of a challenge. So here's what I think we do here. I'll throw it out to the live YouTube chat and we can we can see if this is what we want to do. I'm thinking we go through the teams that I was able to find answers for definitively that I found answers for cut this player we're not cutting anybody for this team because I've completely gone over this roster and for the ones that are up in the air I'll throw them out to 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 you guys and if there are names that you immediately think about we can discuss them look at the contract implications look at the depth chart and see if it makes sense if that sounds like a a good plan that's how I would like to chart forward with doing this show because I've got a bunch of names down here that I think are going to be worthy uh, of conversation and worthy of the back and forth. And then there are going to be others that we're going to debate in, into into oblivion because I don't know what we're going to pick for, for these specific teams. So that's okay with everybody else. That's how we're going to do this here. Uh, and a cheap plug to join us over on the YouTube side of things. 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is where we do this show live uh, on the Draft Network YouTube channel where you can be a part of the conversation. Just like I am throwing it out to the chat right now, uh, you can be a part of the conversation. So come on over and join us there if you have a chance sometime during the week, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay, without further ado, I will go through the teams that we have definitive answers for, and we will go from there. So for the Arizona Cardinals, they cannot have any more June 1 cuts because they designated both Rodney Hudson and J.J. Watt as post-June 1 designations. Those guys both retiring, uh, and the reason behind that is the the way that they're able to do that. They've got void years on that contract, designating them post-June 1 cuts. Carries a little bit more dead cap for this year, but uh, for specifically in Rodney Hudson's case, but they gain cap in both of these years, and 
They don't need the cap space, but they're keeping the cap space so that they can roll it over uh, into next year would be my guess. So those two already designated as post-June 1 cuts, so Arizona can't add anybody to the list. We get to the uh, to the Atlanta Falcons, and I'll tell you, this is one that maybe maybe a little unpopular, what I'm about to say here, but there were two names that came to mind to me that could be, could be, I should say, won't, won't not definitely be, but potential uh, June 1 cuts, and that is uh, Corell Patterson, and Matt Hennessy. So center Matt Hennessy uh, and Corderell Patterson. And the thing with, with Corderell is Tyler Algier played pretty well last year. And they just drafted B. John Robinson inside the top 10. And I, I know maybe we shouldn't be necessarily in, in the interest of, um, you know, getting rid of guys that make our offense hum. But we signed Corderell to a, a two-year deal last offseason. We can save a decent amount of money against the cap, save about $4.25 million against the cap. We want to go out and, and move that money around someplace else. And for Corderell, don't really know how much work share he's going to get because Bijan and Tyler Algier are going to be there. So that would be one of the bigger names that it would keep an eye on. And I threw, uh, I, f- I threw Matt Hennessy's name out there because he's listed as the backup left guard. They drafted Matthew Bergeron. They've got a swing tackle. Um, they've got some depth at the center position. So from a math perspective, when you look at Matt Hennessy post-June 1, he's one of those guys that could generate them the most money. Um, he Two two hundred fifty-two thousand in dead money, but saves them two point seven against the cap. So from a strictly numbers perspective, um, he would make some sense. But again, I don't know how they want this depth of this um, uh, offensive line to to shake out. Jamie says, wonder if Cordell Patterson goes back to to more receiving. Yeah, I mean they've got right now Drake London. You look at the rest of the room: Mac Hollins, Scotty Miller. Um, there could be some opportunity there if he goes back more into that role. But if they're going to keep him strictly in a running back role, um, he would be on the short list for me here as potential June 1 cuts. All right, the Baltimore Ravens. We'll go three for three going in alphabetical order based on abbreviation of another name that made some sense here. And I want to pull up the uh, the numbers here, so i got to change tabs here real quick. Uh, this is, again, post-June 1 cut. Uh, Patrick Macari, $2 million in dead cap, but they save $4 million against the books. And looking at their depth chart again, that's the the challenge here. And I'll walk you through the thought process of how I came to the conclusion for some of these names or the reason why I couldn't get uh, to some names for some teams is the first thing I did was pull up overthecap.com, say, hey, we're going to cut somebody post-June 1, and look at the people that would generate the most immediate cash, Right. Who, who would bring in the most cap savings immediately for their team? And you go through that, and there are going to be some guys that are immediate impact starters that you, you're not even going to consider. So, okay, you rule those guys out. And then you start to get the guys, and then you need to look at, okay, where are they on the depth chart? Are they the backup offensive lineman? Are they the swing tackle? Are they decent wide receiver four, wide receiver five depth? Because those are guys that, depending on how they play on special teams, um, I don't know necessarily if... Uh, that, you know, that player is going to get cut. So that's the challenge in doing this. And so Patrick McCarry listed as the backup left tackle for the Baltimore Ravens. So he checks the box of immediate cap space. But I think Daniel Fa'alele, who's the backup right tackle, can be a swing tackle and can play both sides. They spent a couple of late round, late round draft picks on some flyers on the interior. So they've got some good interior depth. They've got some guys who can play center. Um, they've got some guys who can play both guard spots. They've got their swing tackle, I think, in Dan- Daniel Fa'alele. And so to me, Patrick McCarry could be somebody uh, that they move on from um, if they wanted to post-June 1. So that was the name I came in through there. Now, the Buffalo Bills are the next team up. And they are not the next team up just because they come next in alphabetical order based on abbreviation. They come up next because I am definitively here to say, and I called the friend. Everybody knows the friend I called. 
Talked to my good friend Joseph J. Marino. Called him up yesterday. I said, Joe, working on this project. Could use some advice. I'm I'm pouring over these rosters. I'm looking for somebody to there's a wee woo. I got a wee woo here in the middle of the show. This better be a good wee woo, Jamie, if you're if you're halting what I'm saying for the show. I, I I'm gonna pause. I'm gonna pause. Jacksonville Mayor Lenny Curry says that renovations to TIA Bank Field may require the Jacks to play elsewhere for two seasons in 2025 and 2026. Saw this story floated around, I think it was late yesterday. Um, feels like the perfect opportunity for the NFL to have a trial balloon to see how things would work in London, no? Not that this is, you know, you know, done purposefully, but if there need to be renovations, the NFL can look at this as the perfect test case, the perfect trial balloon to be playing um, games in London. And they can play the whole season there. They can see the way they can see the way it works logistically, and they can try to figure it out. So that would be my thoughts on the immediate wee-woo that you provided there on the show. Now, getting back to the Buffalo Bills, what's up to my guy Matt in the chat who just joined us? Um, Post-June 1 cuts the topic of today's show. So I called my friend Joe. I said, Joe, and I told him what I'm doing. I said, I'm going through all the rosters. I'm looking at all these teams. I'm trying to come up with some post-June 1 cuts. And I'm looking at the Buffalo Bills roster. And I've been looking at it for about five or ten minutes. And I'm like, I can't come to an immediate name. I said, you're my guy. You know the roster in and out better than anybody else. And I threw a couple names at him. He goes, nope, I just signed that guy. Nope, that guy is a core special teamer. Nope. And he's like, dude, he goes, I don't have a name for you. So definitively, I feel comfortable saying the Buffalo Bills will not cut anybody significant post-June 1. So they are going to go into the none category. Now we got to roll down a little bit. we got to skip Carolina. we got to skip Chicago, teams that I didn't have an answer for. We move on to the Cincinnati Bengals, and you see him in the thumbnail. This is one of the easier ones to write down, one of the ones that I thought made the most sense right away. Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals running back is my guy here that I'm selecting for uh, the Bengals as a post-June 1 cut. Um, we know there's the off-the-field stuff that is still lingering about the, the, the shooting near his house and all the, the weirdness and craziness about that story. Um there were already kind of rumblings that they would move on from him, but here is the straight, just mathematical equation behind this. $2.75 million in dead money, but they save $10 million against the cap if they move on from Joe Mixon. And again, I think they drafted somebody in the fifth round that could be their starter this, this season in Chase Brown. I think they got somebody who can immediately step into that role, and they then would have $10 million to address other needs that they would potentially have depending on who else gets cut in free agency, right? Because other teams are going to make these cuts, and Cincinnati might want to have some money available. They've got $16 million in cap space right now. They may want to add a little bit of cap space. They're going to probably do a Joe Burrow contract here pretty soon. They maybe we want some rollover cap for down the road. So I don't necessarily think that this is completely off the table. So for, for Cincinnati, it was Joe Mixon for me uh, pretty, pretty easily. Uh, for Cleveland, it's nobody. They have two post-June 1 designations already. It's John Johnson and Jadavion Clowney, so they can no longer do a post-June 1 cut. Now, is my good friend Jamie Eisner here still in the chat? Because, Jamie, this might, this, might hurt, this might pain you what I'm about to do. We're skipping Dallas. We're going to the Denver Broncos. And this might, this might hurt you, what I'm about to do. But I am cutting a wide receiver. I'm cutting a wide receiver from the Denver Broncos because we look at this group and, oh, we still got we still got Jerry Judy. We still got Cortland Sutton. We just drafted Marvin Mims, you know, with one of our top draft picks. So we've got him. I think our top draft pick is what we used with, with Marvin Mims. So we've got Cortland Sutton. We've got Jerry Judy. We drafted Marvin Mims. We've still got Tim Patrick. And so I look at this 
and I look at just the, the, the sheer math of it all, and he would count for, um, you know, uh, let me just make sure my math is correct here. I just want to make sure I got to find him here. He would only count for 687000 in dead cap. We would save $1.5 I don't really know what kind of role he's going to have. Uh, K.J. Hamler is the guy that I wrote down here. I mean, they can't they can't cut Tim Patrick, right? Tim Patrick doesn't work from a money perspective. Counts for way too much dead money, and they save a little bit against the cap, but just $8 million of dead money. I, I just look at this, and I, and I say to myself, they got Cortland Sutton, they got Jerry Judy, they got Tim Patrick. K.J. Hamler... I think's the odd man out here. So that's the guy that I wrote down. Jamie, who did you think I was going to cut? Did you think I was going to cut Tim Patrick? That doesn't work. The math doesn't work there. I do think a receiver is going to go. They brought in and they bring in Marquez Callaway um, this offseason, right? So we've got we've got Sutton, Judy, Patrick. We draft Marvin Mims with a second round pick, our high pick. We've got Marquez Callaway. Um, you know, it just feels like it just feels like KJ Hammer is going to be the the odd guy out there um, in uh, in Denver. So he's the guy that I ultimately wrote down for the Denver Broncos. Now we've got a big gap. We've got a big gap. Any Chiefs fans in the chat? They're the next team up. Any Chiefs fans here in the chat? Because I did the thing. I did it. I, I was not afraid. I am ready to bear the brunt of whatever comes next with the name I'm about to say out loud. And I'm just going to switch over to the Chiefs tab here so I can get the actual numbers on what a post-June 1 cut would do. This is not one of the post-June 1 cuts that makes sense financially. It doesn't. Guy counts for $2.5 million in dead cap. They only save $865,000 in, in salary cap space. But I'm sorry. I look at this roster, and I look at the other options that they have, and I look at how great Isaiah Pacheco was, and I look at Jarek McKinnon, and I'm sorry. I don't know if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to make the Kansas City Chiefs this year. And so they might just move on from him before they even get into training camp. So the name that I wrote down for the Kansas City Chiefs, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, this would be more of the, the surprise bucket if we were divvying these up into likely uh, and then surprise. But I think that they truly are going to move on from him at some point because I don't know necessarily if he's going to make this team. They like Isaiah Pacheco. He was very good for them last year. Jarek McKinnon is a solid number two. Um, I don't know if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is is really going to provide them anything. And Matt says they need to they need to get rid of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Really, like the writing was on the wall in the Super Bowl. And yeah, and that's kind of the reason why um, I, I came to this conclusion. And he was the name that I wrote down here. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams are the next team up for me to discuss with you all. And I want to get the accurate number here. This team's got 83 people on their roster. I went through it. Nobody there. Nobody there that's going to make some sense because again, they kind of done all. They kind of did all this. They traded away Jalen Ramsey. Um, they, they they cut everybody. I mean, the only player of note that they could potent like they've got Aaron Donald, but none of the look. Let me just tell you, post June one, we lose twenty million against the cap if we move on from Cooper Cup. Aaron Donald five million in the hole. And Matt Stafford, Rob Havenstein, all in the negatives. We going to move on from Tyler Higby? No. Uh, I mean, everybody that makes sense from a potential cash perspective are key contributors to their team. So there's nobody that really jumps off the page as making any level of sense for the Los Angeles Rams. Again, all of the big names that you that you could immediately talk about, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, Matt Stafford, Rob Havenstein, they all cost you money. They're all productive players. They're all the holdovers that, you, that are still there that are going to help you potentially be successful. So those guys are not going to move on. And then you look at other players that could potentially be there, and they're starters. They've kind of gone... They've they, they've gone through this roster pretty well uh, and, and have gotten rid of a lot of people. And so for me, there was nobody here uh, that made uh, some sense. The Miami Dolphins, the next team up. And I will tell you, 
I made another phone call yesterday when doing this project. And if you know who I called for the Buffalo Bills, you know who I called for the Miami Dolphins. I called my good friend Kyle J. Krabs, and I said, my friend, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm, I'm pouring over this roster. Help me out here. And he gave me a name. And you know what? When he gave me the name, it made a ton of sense. This team, Xavier Howard. This team brought in Cam Smith. This team was drafted Cam Smith. This team brought in Jalen Ramsey. He gave me Keon Cross in corner as a potential June 1 cut. This is a guy that's probably going to be corner 5, 6 on this roster. Had to start a little bit for them last year. It wasn't very good. They've got Xavier Howard. They've got Cam Smith. They've got uh, Jalen Ramsey. Um, and so here, here's the thing, Tuttle. Byron Jones has already been designated as a post June one cut, and so for the sake of this, for the sake of this show, I didn't want to de- to talk about somebody who had already been designated a post June one cut, um, and so so they've already decided to move on from him, um, and so I, I and they've already designated him a post June one cut, and so it just didn't make sense. That felt like cheating a little bit uh, to to discuss him. So that's one of their post June one cuts. If they were going to do another, uh, Keon Crossan was the name uh, that again was suggested to me. I had a lengthy phone call phone call conversation with my friend Kyle. We talked about a bunch of different players. Um, I asked him if there was anybody on the offensive line. No, we went through that. Uh, Keon Crossan was the name that we ultimately settled on after discussing uh, with him. Uh, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six more teams that I actually um, that I actually have names for. And then I'll give you the list of teams that we didn't have. And if anybody wants to dive deep into one of those teams, we can pull up the roster. Uh, for the New Orleans Saints, now this one probably going to be unpopular. Um, so let me just very quickly get over to the New Orleans Saints in both depth chart uh, and um, depth chart and salary cap. And this was a guy that I thought, I thought, and I will tell you, when doing the whole fix the Saints stuff, right? When we try to fix the Saints before the season begins from a cap perspective, this is a guy that I cut out right before June 1. Um, and this is a guy that if they were to cut right now, 360000 uh, in dead money, $3.78 million in cap space. And we know how much the Saints could use some cap space and could use some rollover cap space to be able to help them down the road. And I will tell you, this is a position group that they invested a top 64 pick in this year's draft class and a couple years ago used a first-round pick in this position. I decided that they could cut uh, Edge Carl Granderson. They've got Cameron Jordan on the one side, but on the side where Carl Granderson's going to play, they just drafted Isaiah Foskey with a top 64 draft selection, and just a couple of years ago, they used a first-round pick on Peyton Turner. Got to let the young guys play. They brought in Brian Brzee in the offseason. They've got Nate Shepard. That's their interior. They've got Cameron Jordan on the one side, and I think on the other side, there could be some opportunity here to let the youth play. Let Peyton Turner play. Let Isaiah Foskey play. Uh, And Carl Granderson, they can move on for and get about about $4 million in cap space and be able to move on. So Edge Carl Granderson was the pick for me. Uh, The Giants. The Giants were a team that I was able to come up with a name for. I would say pretty easy once I pulled up their depth chart. The thing I try to do with all these teams and immediately think of a player before pulling up the depth chart and kind of uh, pouring over it. But I will tell you that once I pulled up the depth chart for the New York Giants, there was a name that immediately, I think, jumped off the page to me. I will get you the numbers on what he would provide in terms of salary cap relief if the team were to move on from him. Um, It's a modest number. It's not a big number if they were uh, to move on from him. It's about a million dollars, 988,000. But I just think from the perspective of there's not going to be room for this guy um, if they want to move on from him. Uh, And let me just pull up the contract that they signed him to to see um, if it makes some sense. 
Um, they signed him to this contract this offseason. And so this is the one. I had a couple of these that were starred that they did sign this guy. And so this is a tough one to suggest because they just signed him. And it feels like if they just sign the guy that they feel like there's value. But I don't know where Jamison Crowder fits in on this New York Giants roster. I really don't. They've got Paris Campbell. They've got Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Wondell Robinson, Jalen Hyatt. I, Jamison Crowder is your wide receiver seven, your wide receiver eight, your wide receiver nine. I mean, they've got Jeff Smith also on the roster. I mean, they've got a lot of just guys on this team. And so if if I was going to pivot, I would say somebody in this wide receiver room has got to go. Somebody's got to get cut. They've got to move on from somebody. They just brought in Paris Campbell. Not going to be him. They gave him a decent amount of money. Jalen Hyatt, they spent money on. Sterling Shepard, they brought back. I mean, there are guys here. Wondell Robinson, a recent draft selection. And so to me, you know, uh, Jameson Crowder was a name that immediately came up, but they just signed the guy. And so I think the wide receiver room here in New York is something uh, to keep an eye on. So I wrote that down, wide receiver room for the New York Giants. The New York Jets, next up here. Uh, on the list and there are two options they've been the same two options this entire time again I don't think either of these guys are likely at this point but if you're looking for potential post June 1 uh, cut candidates it is Carl Lawson and it is Corey Davis Carl Lawson gets you 15.4 million in cap savings and Corey Davis gets you 10 million dollars in caps cap savings and again this Jets team is very very easy to, to look at the depth chart and see that these are the two positions where um there are likely cut candidates. With Carl Lawson, they drafted Jermaine Johnson in the first round a year ago. They drafted Will McDonald in the first round this year. They spent a fourth-round pick on Michael Clemens, who played particularly well for them. They have Bryce Huff. They could move Carl, move on from Carl Lawson, use that money to potentially get some more offensive line depth, and they could run with a pass rush rotation of John Franklin Myers, Jermaine Johnson, Bryce Huff, uh, Will McDonald, Michael Clemens which is going to be what their group is down the road anyway, because I think after next season, Bryce Huff and um, Carl Lawson are going to be gone. I don't think they're going to bring those guys back. And so that group's going to be Jermaine Johnson, Will McDonald, Michael Clemens, and John Franklin Myers. And so that's what that's if you want to do that, you've got that option. For wide receivers, they've got Garrett Wilson as their wide receiver one. They spent money on Alan Lazard. They brought in Mecole Hardman. Um, they've got Denzel Mims and Randall Cobb. Corey Davis, potentially the wide receiver three, wide receiver four on this team. Um you know, those are the two guys that bring the most in terms of cap relief and also the positions where they've got enough depth to where I think they could have get away with it uh, if they wanted to move on. Jamie, are you still in the chat? Because this next one, I think you're going to troll me for, and I am willingly ready to accept the troll that is going to come with this next one. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles next up here on the list. And let me pull up uh, their, their over-the-cap numbers so I can pull this gentleman up here. And uh, we can have this conversation because I think you're going to uh, there's going to be there's going to be some trolls here um, for me here with this one. Uh, I selected a running back for the Philadelphia Eagles because when you look at this depth chart and it was only until I pulled it up that I realized that this is what they were doing. But they trade for DeAndre Swift. They've still got Kenny Gainwell. They've still got Rashad Penny. They've still got Boston Scott. All these guys that they like. I wrote down. I, no, no, Logan. You, I, I, they love Boston Scott. They, they, they love him. I had to keep him in there. I wrote Trey Sermon down. Saves him about a million against the cap. He's their RB5, and I love Trey coming out. That's just an L for me. I thought he was going to be great. He just hasn't been able uh, to be as productive as I thought he was going to be. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, Trey kind of slots in as the RB, RB5, and here's how I kind of came to the determination. They got to cut somebody from this running back room. They're not going to cut DeAndre Swift. They just traded for him. They're not going to cut Rashad Penny. They just signed him. 
Are they going to cut Kenneth Gainwell? Are they going to cut Boston Scott? Are they going to cut Trey Sermon? Of those three, which one's more likely? I went with with Trey Sermon. You throw out you throw out Derek Barnett's name um, as a potential option, and and that's really interesting to me. Uh, not a name that I considered. I, I figured that they would want some depth at that position, um, considering um, the overhaul that that group has had over the last you know year or so. Um, and I and so I didn't even really kind of look at the numbers on him. But let me pull his his numbers up real quick as a post June one cut uh, to see what it would look like. Yeah, I mean he would cost three million. He would he would count as three million for dead money and only save them fifty eight thousand dollars. And so from that perspective, it doesn't does it really do, serve you any purpose to move on from him when he's going to probably be your number two option behind Josh Sweat at that position. So that was kind of the the reason behind that. Uh, Quez a possibility. Quez Watkins. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, let's let's look at his numbers real quick. I appreciate the shout out, everybody. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that would be two point seven million um, in cap savings would only count for forty two um, forty two thousand in dead money. And you look at this this Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver room. They've got Devonta Smith. They've got A.J. Brown, uh, Olame and Zacchaeus, who they brought in. Um, Quez kind of slots in is is as in a battle for that wide receiver four potentially the backup slot option. Um, so I don't know if it's I don't know if it's likely. But it's certainly uh, it's certainly somebody that we would uh, probably consider. Uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. I wrote a name down. I will tell you the the last two names I wrote down, and I'm going to lump them together here because I'd love to get the chat's th- thoughts on this because I don't I don't love writing these two names down. For the for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I wrote down Levi Wallace's name, and I'll tell you I don't love it. I don't love it. They 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 brought in Akila Witherspoon right in free agency this offseason. Um, they drafted. Uh, they they also brought in Patrick Peterson. They drafted Joey Porter Jr. You know, is Levi going to play the nickel spot for them? Um, so I, I looked at I looked at his contract, and again, I poured over so many contracts that I just don't remember the numbers completely offhand. So let me pull up his. Uh, I have the overthecap.com up for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So just give me a second here to find his name. He would give him four million in in relief, um, and he signed the contract last year, so he's not a recent signee. Um, and so that was the name that I came to. I, I didn't love it, I'll tell you, but it was a name, so I, I threw it out there. And for Washington, a guy that, again, I, I know, talking, I, I've heard Ryan Fowler kind of talk about this in the past, um, a guy that they could potentially replace. I put Kendall Fuller's name down if you wanted to highlight somebody that could be a surprise candidate to potentially get cut. Um, I, I threw his name down there as well. So, okay, those are all the teams that I had names written down for. I will give the group here, this is what I will do, I will give the group the opportunity to talk about any of the other teams that I did not have a, a name down for, and we can pull it up, and we can we can talk about any names that you guys have in mind. So here are the teams that I did not have answers for. I poured over their rosters, could not find an immediate um, answer that, would, even from a surprise perspective, would make some sense. Carolina, Chicago, Dallas, Detroit, Green Bay, Houston, Indy, Jacksonville, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Vikings, the Patriots, the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Bucks, and the Titans. So if any of those teams immediately stand out as you think that there's a player that makes some sense to you, um, would love to hear it because I can then pull up the um, I can pull up the this stuff and we can uh, we can see um, how this is going to look. In the meantime, while while I wait for any of those teams to maybe pique the chat's interest here, this is where we can kind of weave in some. Um, some schedule talk. The Chiefs are going to open up the 2023 NFL season September 7th, Thursday night against the Detroit Lions. So the, the, the league buying into the Lions hype, putting them there uh, in week one, Thursday night action. Uh, the first Monday night football game was announced today. It is going to be the Jets and the Bills. Aaron Rodgers in his uh, Jets debut against Josh Allen um, at, at home at MetLife Stadium. Uh, that should be a fun one. Uh, the Packers 
are going to start a week one game against the Bears in Chicago. That's another one um, from a uh, schedule release perspective. Um, and we also learned that the Chiefs are going to take on the Raiders on Christmas Day um, on CBS and Nickelodeon. Um, a Christmas triple header that for us this year. And the Chiefs and Raiders will be the first game there on that list. So that's kind of what we're, what we're learning at this point. Um, from a schedule release perspective, um, looks like the Jets are hosting the Commanders at 1 p.m. on Christmas Eve. So it looks like the Jets are also going to be potentially um, in that um, that that window. Um, but th- that's not sure how that works up because that game is listed uh, as a 1 p.m. Christmas Eve game. Uh, but we we know that there's a 1 p.m. Christmas Eve game um, between the Chiefs and Raiders at one one o'clock. Um, so maybe they're not at one o'clock. Maybe they're at four o'clock. We'll, we'll have to see on that stuff. But yeah, they're, they're starting to get leaks. I think the whole Packer schedule's been released, been leaked at this point. Um, Cowboys are hosting the Commanders on Thanksgiving. Packers, Lions in the early window are some of the things that we are learning here. Um, I posted the entire. Uh, oh, okay. So Janelle, I did see that. I did see. I did see that post in there. I didn't get a chance to to totally look at it. Um, so I'm actually looking at it right now. So at Bears, at Falcons, home against the the Saints, home against the Lions on Thursday Night Football, at the Raiders on Monday Night Football, bye, at the Broncos. That's a pretty good schedule for the for the Packers. I think this, this they kind of drew this pretty well. Uh, I'll, I'll use this as a tease, and then we can get out of here. Um, tonight, we're going to do the schedule release show. Jamie Eisner, myself, um, we'll go live a little bit before the official schedule release at, at 8 p.m., uh, and we'll, we'll talk about some of the leaks that have happened and everything like that, and then we'll look at who's got some difficult schedules and have those conversations. But appreciate everybody being here. Appreciate everybody rating, reviewing, subscribing to the podcast. Um, great week of shows we've had. we got one more for you, the Friday free-for-all tomorrow. You guys take over the show whatever you guys want to talk about uh, is the focus of the show so appreciate everybody making this show a part of their day i'll talk to you all tomorrow